Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blasian Wellness Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Coach Tamika, and I have with me my BFF ever since 1989. 1989, man, we've been together a long time. Sex Everyone's going to know how old we are. You're telling them the year. Maybe we were born in 1989. We weren't, but maybe. Doubt it. (laughs) Maybe that's when we met our mothers were in the same hospital. Or oh, I doubt that. I doubt that too. And we were we weren't born in 89. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to clean it up. I'm trying to clean it up. So uh, but we're still young though. It's okay. And I'm gonna behave today because we have a special guest. We have Miss Brownisha Blackman. Hi, Brownisha. <laughs> From California. From California. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. I will. I don't got no reason to complain. I'm excited. Great. Yeah. I'm excited. We love to hear that. Everybody, let me tell you a little bit about our guest. She is a God-fearing woman. You know, I love that because y'all know I grew up in that church. That was the privilege of being a mother of two beautiful children, Myla and Ricky, who she calls the super kid. Oh, I love that. As a business owner, evangelist, model, mother, and transformational coach, Brownisha uses her experiences and spiritual gifts to live out her dreams of helping others. She is the business owner of Transform Your Life Coaching and Consulting, LLC. I love that name. She is also the founder of the Ari hope I'm pronouncing that right, Foundation Uh and Free Your Heart Ministries. She's a blog talk radio host of Free Talk International Radio. She is resilient, on fire, and ready to push people to be their best self. And with that, she knows she is living on purpose. It is such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you. Hello. I'm (laughs) excited to come on with you guys, too. I love your energy, (laughs) y'all. It's my kind of stuff right here. <laughs> See, from the first time when we met Bronisha in our pre-podcast, I, I just felt like, oh my God, look at that. It was like we've known each other forever. And I think that is just that that energy. Yeah. And that is what I love about some of our guests. We just, you know, cling to and we can vibe with. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but some of them. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you're right. Not all of them. Okay. <laughs> nah, not all of them. Trust, trust me, not all of them. We love them all, but you, you know how it is. It's, it's just like people. Some people you just vibe with and you feel like you've known forever. And some you just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh, that was uh, okay. So we love them all, but some of them are just very special to us. Right. So tell yeah. uh, well, they are. Ma- Mary, you already know, though. You already know. Let me put people Whenever in the Special like that. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like special. Okay. I'm like, see, like special. <laughs> On the I'm not trying to answer list. Like, do not come in, do not call, those type of specials. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Y'all don't see those people that we interview, though. We, we try, because some of them. Yeah, um, we, we, we've, had, we've had a few. 
for real life. And, and <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm usually me, I'm so um, not forgiving, but very accepting. And I'm always like, oh, but I think they're great. And I think this and this. And there were even some that I was like, and Tanika's like, you got any questions? And I'm like, nah, man, stop asking me shit because I, I don't even understand what she's saying. I'm like, don't be asking me to ask questions. I'm just like, no, no questions. No, I don't <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I can't even look at it. I can't even, I'm like, God, why? Why, really? What did I do today to deserve this? And then Mary's making faces, and then I see her, but I have my screen so that other people can't see her. And then she looks like she's mumbling to herself, and then I all, when she does this, and I know I got to just wrap it up. <laughs> That's the signal to go. That's the signal Yeah, because I, when I get the giggles, I can't stop laughing. She can't stop it. it and like, I can't, I don't have the, the Poker face don't got that. No, she doesn't okay. have that. No. But that's I'm glad good. I made the cut. I'm you glad. made the cut. We love you. You made the cut. I'm so, glad about it. <laughs> so now that we bored you with our craziness, um, tell us a little bit about your background. I know you went through a lot and all of those experiences actually made you into this wonderful person that you are today but I know it was a rough road so just tell us a little bit about your about your path yeah my path has been messy but it is turning out to be uh beautiful thank god it has turned out to be beautiful mm -hmm. um as I told you guys before, um, one of the things is I say this, I don't say it with pride. I don't even say it looking for th um, sympathy. I say it as just showing proof of um, where you come from does not dictate where you're going. Um, and I say that to say because uh, the household I was raised in, I was raised in a drug infested home. And I don't say that meaning like I had, my mother was a bad person. Well, my mom just did what she felt she needed to do to provide for her children. Um, and that was sell drugs. Um, being that she did those things, it, uh, it attracted a lot of attention, a lot of people. It just attracted a lot of evilness. Um, and because of that, like, you know, it was times where she got robbed or it just was all kind of crazy stuff happening mm -hmm. in our home um and one of the one time when I was about seven years old um, I remember uh, this person was actually a friend of my mom's but um he came in to rob her um and he put a gun to my head and told my mother that if I didn't stop crying that he was going to shoot me and that she wanted her to give her him all of her stuff um, and so he went, she did what she had to do. She gave him her stuff or whatever. Um, and then he left. But that event stuck with me for a very, very long time to the point like I had nightmares. Um, I'm very transparent. I kind of grew not to even like men. As I grew up, I had like this thing on my, like a chip on my shoulder when it came to men and the respect for them because this person, you know, came and tried to uh, it's like he bullied us and so to, and so to speak and so I grew up just like just like a certain look at men um, and so that was like one of the things and being that my mom did live this lifestyle at some point my mother uh, she sent 
uh, me to stay with my grandmother. Well, it was me and my little brother at the time. And so I was raised by my grandmother. Um, and that was, you know, something within itself because I love my grandmother. She, you know, she was a beautiful soul. She raised me. But that little girl, I wanted my mama. I wanted to go Aww. be with my mother. But, you know, my mom had chose this lifestyle. Um, and it lasted, you know, it lasted for about four or five years. And then eventually my mother came back and we ended up um, going back to stay with my mom. But in the event of all of those things, it was a lot of stuff um, that I had experienced. I had like a disconnect with my father um, for a little while. My father had went off um, and, you know, he had got married, um, you know, and his wife, you know, she had a child. And even my father being with his wife, my father's wife didn't even, she didn't like me. And so that was a, hmm. a, an experience there too um, when I went to live with them it caused a big problem um, to the point, I think I stayed with my dad for about like a, it probably was like a year and then I had to go back cause she was doing like evil stuff to me, you guys. I was only like 11 and she would tell me I was gonna grow up to never be anything. Um, she knew the background of my mom. So she always threw that up in my face. Like, you know, my dad lived in Rialto. So, you know, it's nice houses there. And my mother lived in South Central LA. So it was like, like doing the comparison, like I was not um, grateful to live in the two-story home. And so I was talked down to like I wasn't nothing. And so growing up, I just became very evil and angry at the world because the people that I thought that love, that was supposed to love me and take care of me, they had mishandled me some shape, form, or fashion. So, you know, even when my mom, she did feel like she did what she had to do. But me, I was like, as a child, like, girl, you could have did a better job than that, you know? And my dad, you know, he went off and he got married and that might was perfect for him, but it wasn't perfect. It wasn't good enough for me because the person that he decided to marry accepted him, but she didn't accept me or any of my other siblings that came prior to their marriage. Um, and so mm. it just, all of those different experiences, just living um, in South Central LA out here, you know, cause you guys are in Jersey. So out here it's like, it's, it's, um, it's predominantly black. Well, at the time it was, but it was just a lot of it's gangs, it's drugs, it's killing, mm -hmm. it's all that kind of stuff. So that's what I grew up seeing. Um, I also grew up with, um, at the time, uh, drug addicts. Drug addicts were um, my care providers. You know, when I was in my, when I did go back to my mom home, those were the people that washed my clothes. Those were the people that cleaned my house. Oh my those were the people that babysitted me. Those, it, they were drug, drug addicts. I even recently probably about two weeks ago, I saw one of the guys that used to babysit me when I was a little girl that used to wash my clothes. And, you know, he's still out on the street, but I love him like an uncle because he took care of me. He, he washed my clothes. He, he uh, babysitted us. He, he cleaned our house. It was like, if I could say they were like maids, you know, we, it was like we had maids. So that was the life that I lived growing up. But I just wanted more as I got older I did kind of have a disconnect with my mom because I held all those things against her. In her eyes, she felt like she was doing the best thing she could. In my eyes, I needed more. I needed my mother. And so it just made me shape a vision towards her, shape a vision towards my father. And so when I entered out into the world and looked, I was desiring a friendship and just stuff in other people. And I was looking for to the world to give me something that it could not give me. Um, mm -hmm. And it caused me to go down a dark path. Oh you know, I went God. down a very dark path for a very long time, but I found my way back because yeah, I see I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Right. here. 
So I did go down a dark path, but um, eventually I made it back. I, I, I made it back. Um, so I know that um, even in the midst of that, my grandmothers, um, they did, you know, more than one of them took me to church and the Bible says to train up a child. So I was trained up. So despite of what I saw in the world, despite of what I um, experienced one day, I did come back um, as an adult. I came back and committed my life to Christ and I've been running for God ever since, not turning back to allow what I've experienced, um, even being in a domestic violence relationship, even, um, I don't know if I shared the story with you guys of my daughter, you know, having a premature children, all three of my children were born, well, I'll say all four, all four mm -hmm. of my children were born premature, but I only currently have two of them here with me because two of them passed away. Um, my, my daughter, as of um, April 17th, my daughter would have been 16 years old. And that's where the Ari Foundation comes in at because my daughter died at the age of, um, she was five days old when she passed away. And I watched her machine beep until it didn't beep um, anymore. Um, I saw, you know, I was there when she passed away. They didn't call me. I, I watched it happen. Um, and then with my son, I miscarried him. But the hospital I was in at that time, they were so cruel that they literally left him in my womb until he like was very active until he until he passed on too. So he passed on sitting in my cervix. What? Yeah. So he, you know, they told me that they couldn't, they were gonna try to take him out, but they would say it was too complicated. So I had to literally wait for him to pass away. And then I had Oh to my God. Yeah. That's like so I've ex yeah, y'all oh. I've, I've been through some stuff. You couldn't wow. sue that hospital? Huh? You couldn't sue that hospital? Um, I don't know if I could, if I could be honest with you, Mary. Mama, I was kind of out of it for a cool minute. And they, it, let me tell you what makes it so worse, right? So even with that, you know, I had to wait for him to pass to push him on. Once I passed him, I called my nurse. And I was like, hey, you know, I didn't push them out or whatever. Could you come get them? And so I had a friend of mine in a room with me and um, I was sitting there and I was like, girl, where's my baby? Like, did she come get my baby? Now I'm talking to y'all excited, but I was not doing that that day. Mm. I was like, you know, where my baby at? And so my friend was uh, scared to say it, but she pointed. And I was like, well, what are you pointing to? She was like, he at the foot of your bed. So after I, he passed away and I pushed him out. They left him there deceased for another 45 minutes, but I didn't know because I thought he was gone. I thought she went, cause she came in there, looked. And so I was like, okay, maybe she took him, she took him. And so I'm sitting there and I would, I, something just told me that's my friend, like, did she take my baby? And she was like, no. And he was laying at the foot of my bed for a whole 45 minutes. And I didn't know, cause I was, I was kind of really out of it. And so in that moment, wow. I had to just like start singing a hymn because I was like, Jesus, like, don't let him take my mind because that was too much. That was too much for me to watch. You know, I felt him shaking until he didn't shake no more than to push him out and then you leave him there for another. And, you know, and I was on the, I was on the labor and delivery floor. So I see mamas and hear babies crying, but I ain't the one leaving with the baby. I'm in the room losing mm. the baby. And, you know, I, they, I feel like they were so cruel. They, they gave me a pregnant nurse. My nurse was pregnant. Like, why would you have her come in here pregnant if I just lost the baby? But yeah, and I, my mom requested that they remove her as my nurse. But that, it was just, 
It was so wow. crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. That is just cruel on a totally different level for yeah. a hospital. But unfortunately, people of color go through that when they're in a hospital. They don't mm-hmm. care. And for them to sit there, for, for you to have to push your baby out and have him sit there for 45 minutes is just like I have like goosebumps. It's like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And I also want to say when you were telling me about your stepmother, (laughs) I had to think about my own stepmother. And I know my stepmother, um, most of my life, I think I probably was maybe nine when she married my father and they had you know my little brother and I will say she was very good to me and sometimes you know I take that for granted because since that's you know how I grew up it's like oh you know they're all like that you know Uh, she loved I, I tell anybody she loved me more than my own father my father would literally pick me up tell my mother, okay, I'm, I'm taking her, drop me off with my stepmother, and it'll be me, my stepmother, and then me, my stepmother, and my brother. Like, it was just funny. Um, so to hear that you went through that, you know what, ladies, I'm going to say it right now, because ladies doing that now to somebody's child. It, if you have to accept his children. If you don't accept his children, leave them alone. Leave them alone. That part. That part. That that part. Yeah. You have. You have to. Yeah. I I even deal. It's like rough with even dealing with her. Um. Now today, my my father is now deceased. Um. And at when my father did uh, pass away, she might not think it's nothing big of it, but I did because he was. You know, that's my dad. And so I would. Y'all might think like some people. I tell them certain things like you're making a sense up, but I'll be like I'm not lying. I remember, you know, I had wrote a poem to my father in his obituary. And so my stepmother had the authority to finalize the the the, uh, the obituary. Mm-hmm. So what I wrote was altered. And so I'm literally sitting at my father's funeral and I'm reading the my poem. And I'm like, what is this? Because this ain't what I wrote. And my mother knew that that's not what I wrote. And so... My mama was like in the funeral ready to fight. Now this happened about four years ago. So y'all know I'm well over 30 and my mom in the funeral ready to fight for her daughter. Like, turn it up. That's right, mom. (laughs) And I was like, mom, just calm down. I mean, I was looking, I was giving her that look like, calm down. Cause I tear it up. Yeah, we know you will. We know, mom. <laughs> we, know, we know you will, but we don't do stuff like that. So yeah, I've had, you know, I've had all of those crazy experiences and I used to be so beaten down by them, but um, I feel like it was necessary, y'all. I really, really feel like it was necessary because I feel like somebody is watching me and they ready to give up, but they also know my story. And if, if I, I truly believe that they look at me and say, if God did it for her, he can do it for me too. I really, I really, really honestly have come to, I, I put it in my own mind. I honestly think it's the truth, but all of the things, if I had all day to tell y'all all of what I've experienced um, and I've survived it and yet be in my right mind, I feel like somebody watching me and I'm, I'm the hope that's given to them because I don't think that my going through, um, I've went through in vain. 
Um, and so I feel like, yeah, that, you know, me telling my story um, is helping someone else. And I just uh, recently completed um, my manuscript to publish, to tell my full story. I'm telling the mm. full story. I'm going to expose my story to the world. Everybody's uh. going to know some of my deepest, darkest secrets, but yet how I've arrived to this place in my right mind. Well, so, I yeah. can't wait to read I that, number one. Like, swear to God. Oh, my God. Mary, don't do that. Don't do that, Mary. I cannot wait to read it. And I definitely agree with you. I think that I'm a, I'm a strong believer of God. Anybody who knows me knows I'm not religious, but I am very spiritual. And I really do think that souls pick their hosts. You know, we pick them. You picked this route because you wanted to use it for something greater. So you went through all of those pains because your story is now going to help hundreds, thousands, millions of people. I mean, I grew up in the ghetto. I know exactly what you mean when you say, you know, the drug dealers. I remember growing up in the projects with the needles and the and the pissy elevators and hearing the gunshots and and you know both my parents died when I was fourteen. So trying to finagle the world, I definitely know what you mean. And you've used that, like you said, instilling your right mind. Now my mind is debatable. Depends on who you ask, but you still your right I'm mind. Sometimes. <laughs> It's just, it, it's a big testament of not only who you are, but how great God is. Amen. And that's what I loved when I read your story, because you have girls that are now in situation, or kids that are now in your situations where their parent don't like them, don't interact with them. You don't know how much that just kills me because kids are so innocent and- Sometimes I fought that parent too, because it's like, wait a minute, you gonna pick somebody that's just gonna ignore your kid or treat your kid like, I wish I met, I, I wish I might, I wish I might, mm -mm, no man gonna do that to my child. Um, so I, I, I can't, like my husband and, you know, Mary's known me forever. When people would see my daughter and my husband, they would think that they're biologically related. I have somebody to this day will say to me, come on, Tamika, now you know that's her daddy. I'm like, well, that is her daddy because he raised her, but that's not her biological father. They look so much alike. And when you see them interact, you would never know. I mean, to the point he has impacted her life so much. He's been with her since she was four. She is now 20. When she was 18, she legally changed her last name to him. Yep. I know, so cute. She loves her oh. dad. That is her daddy. She be ready to fight. She be, I'm like, girl, you know. I can just imagine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not about her daddy. She was over here today, Mary. She she lives on her own now. She was over here today, daddy. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So <laughs> I can't, I, I can't imagine having a husband or or a mate that just looks at a child and don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Ignore them or mistreat them. So question, how is it that you were able to 
turn it around? Was it just one instance where you said, you know what, I can't take anymore, Lord? What, what, what? Like, what was that turning point? Or did you always know within yourself that it's going to get better? Um, a part, it was something in me that felt that I really didn't know what it was, but it took, baby, I did, I ran for a long time. <laughs> I ran for a long time. I remember when I was like 14, I had gotten to church and I got baptized and all that. That wasn't nothing. It was what was after that. I found, I was in, I mean, if I can be honest, I found myself out there. I was gangbanging and I was selling drugs too. I was living the life that I grew up to see. Um, I, mm-hmm. I did what I know to do, to do. And so that's what I did too. Um, I was out in the streets getting, getting drunk. I was out in the streets. Uh, I probably was a late bloomer when it came to this because all my friends was off ecstasy. And I was like the last person on the go to do it. But when I did it, I was like, yeah, this is it, right? So I had to do all of those things and found myself from one situation to another. Um, and um and then I would, you know, it started to just, things just started, these different events started happening. And I couldn't understand them. And they would not stop. It was like one event after another. So I grew tired. What I, I grew tired mm-hmm. of my life being the way that it was. Now, I'm not going to lie to y'all and tell y'all that I was like, oh, I'm tired of running these streets. I wanted to go to God. I just was tired. I don't know what was going to fix it. But church wasn't originally the first um, my first decision, like, let me go back. I, I just kept running the streets. Um, and eventually, uh, I will say God came and got me. He came and got me. And I came hollering, kicking and screaming. I didn't willfully, he, I didn't willfully come in. I came, he, he dragged me in here and I was kicking, hollering and screaming. I, I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I didn't want to do it because I knew I had this great anointing or calling. I didn't want to do it because I didn't feel that the church would accept me the way that I was because mm-hmm. I knew that I was in darkness. I knew the lifestyle that I lived. Um, and I didn't think that I was good enough to come to God. I didn't think I was clean. Like, I was of a filthy rag. What was he going to do with me after I know all matters of evil that I've been in? You know, mm-hmm. I know that dark lifestyle that I was living. I knew what my mind, what I was thinking. I mean, and I, on top of, I had experienced all this trauma and hurt. So I felt like if God really wanted to do something with Branisha, he would have did something with me in the, in those events that I had to experience. What I felt to understand was he was keeping me in them events is where mm-hmm. he was expressing and showing his love. And so, mm-hmm. I came in hollering, kicking, and screaming, and um, and it, it was the craziest thing. I'm gonna tell y'all how how he got me because when I did, uh, when I was a young girl and I had to go live with my grandmother, I told y'all I didn't want to live with her. I loved her, but I wanted my mama. So I remember being, um, I was about five, and um, I prayed, and I told God, I said, if you could just bring my mother out the streets, Lord, if you could just bring her out the streets. And I prayed that at five and I remember that prayer. So as I got older, I saw my mom trying to get saved. But this time, you guys, she got saved for real. She was in the church. She was dedicated. She was doing everything for the church. She had the whole house going to the church. I mean, the drug dealer game banging mama I had was in the church. I mean, faithfully yelling, y'all better, that, that, that. Everybody had a Bible. I was like, and then she was like, well, come on. And I was like, I'm not going. Like, I'm not going to church. I'm going to keep running the streets. Now, maybe you'd have made your mind up to go, but I ain't going just because you're going. And so that didn't last too long. Um, 
And since I then he reminded me that I prayed and asked him to save her, he told me that he was going to he him saving her was to save me because I was really mm. in the streets bad at the time, about mm. to lose my life. And so that's how I came to church because my mom committed her life to Christ. And so I followed her in. And ever since then, I have not turned back. I, everybody asks me, "Do you, you didn't know you was anointed? No, I didn't know. I didn't know I had a calling on my life. I didn't know none of that. I just got tired of getting drunk. I got tired of getting high. I got tired of laying down with men and woke up the next morning the same way that I was the day before. It wasn't fixing me. Them temporary fixes, they weren't doing nothing for me. Mm -hmm. So I came to Christ. And when I came to Christ, life didn't get better immediately. But I learned how to adjust and get through. And so that's how I'm able now to, I won't say that I won't, I haven't been through some things because I have, but I don't deal with them the same way I once did. And so that's what it took. My mom getting down, my mom getting saved. Oh, mom. Oh, mom. <laughs> and, you know, what? one of the things that you said that I think is so is so important is when you said you didn't even know that you were anointed. You know, we got people out here just acting crazy because they don't know. Like everybody has a purpose. You know, everybody was put on his life to do great things. You know, just not everybody, they don't answer their calling, but it's because either they're scared or they don't want to do the work or it's the devil I know is better or, you know, literally the devil, they think the devil they know is better. And they don't know the power of God. Like right. they, they, they don't, because if they did, they would know that they don't have to kind of suffer that the way that they're suffering. Yes, so, you know, all of you who are out there watching and you're in a dark place, Ranisha's been there. I've been there. Even Mary's been there. We all been in dark places, some darker than others. Yes, but there is light if you are looking for it. You know, sometimes you just got to turn around, you yeah. know, and yeah. leave that darkness behind. Yeah. So I can't wait to read your man, your book. I, I just can't wait. Like when she it comes out, loves reading. You know, I love reading. So and then she, I'll say to her, "What was it about? What was it about?" And I'm like, "No, you gotta read it." And then she, well, sometimes she does. Sometimes, right? Um, like two books so far. I'm um, very proud. She says she read two. She read two books, and for her, I'm not a big reader. I, that's I, a lot. I will not front. I am not a big reader. That's a lot at all. So if it's anyway, something very interesting, if it grabs my attention, I'm going all in. But if it don't, I'm going to put it down. But that's things, what it is. It got to grab things, my You things, got to grab it me. I literally will fall asleep after like a couple of paragraphs. I'll be sitting up, bright light and everything, with the intention to read. And I start and I'm like... She don't have no intention to read. Uh -huh. She already <laughs> had it in her head. This book, Tamika want me to read this book. Somebody got this book and I don't really want to read this book, but I said I'm going to read it. That's her intention. So of course, you know how it is. What you that said to yourself, you really don't want to do it, but you know you got to. And as I, I, she'll text me. All right, I'm going to start reading. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I text her back like a half an hour later. When I get no answer, she fell asleep. <laughs> Oh, so that's, that's like her sleep, her, her sleep dope. That's like, what it is. I I sleep. Let me pick this book up and read Yeah, that's her melatonin right there. She don't need right to <laughs> I tried. You know, 
we forgot. So forget about the book for a second. So or the, <laughs> the lack of me reading, but we forgot to mention Brownish's apparel line.
I want them to willingly accept Christ for who he is in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I also want them to know that even we can be practical and God still be a part of our lives. Like I'm not a really, I used to be religious, but I'm no longer a religious being because God can show up in anything. I don't care what nobody tell you. God didn't win the crack house with you, the whole house with you. So God will show up and move in anything in your life. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to always be conformed to a church. So I just say that to say that, I know my son be listening to booty music and trying to play me for the, <laughs> the gospel music, but he ain't going to get no whooping unless he just do it too much. I'll be like, hey, you got to have some balance. You got to have some balance now. <laughs> balance. Some balance around here. So yeah, I did want to talk about his crazy. Go ahead, Ricky. Go ahead. This is right, Ricky. He said only a little bit, Ma. Only a little bit. And it's not... Girl, probably if I'm gone, he probably doing it way more than that when I'm out this house. Yeah. Oh yeah, when you out, that's it. He's like, ooh, yes. <laughs> probably so. Probably so, yeah. Oh, that's the age. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that is yeah, that's the age. Oh God, I'm so happy I'm out of that age range. <laughs> Somebody should have gave me a, a warning, a book or something, because I'm like, what is this? Nah. <laughs> Ain't no book on preparing you. Trust me, I read them all. None of them. Not for these teenage children. I got two no. teenagers. My daughter's going to be 18, and uh, Ricky just turned 15 in January. These kids, ooh, ooh, ooh. I feel you. I got a 17, an 18 year old. Yes. And a nine-year-old going on like fifteen. So <laughs> That's my favorite. And they're all boys. Oh, I love all them. boys. And the youngest, I swear, that is going to be the death of me. <laughs> the, la- the last yeah. one. He be playing. He be playing. I love going out with them. I love going out with them. And then he start acting up, and then people be looking at me like they look at her because <laughs> daddy black and he looked black, and so <laughs> they, be, they be looking at me like, look at her. see them black people don't even know how to little round them kids, and look at I just let them do anything, and I'm like I'm not his mother. And Mary <laughs> let him take the blame too. Huh? Yeah, Mary, Mary be like, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> I'm like that's. It's my guy. And then they got to look at her and look. <laughs> when he was younger, he looked more Asian. Now that he's older, he looks more black. And when I yell at him in public, they look at me like I'm the nanny. Yeah, I've had like a few older black women as I'm like, get over here. What are you doing? They look at me and I'm like, I swear to God, I'm going to beat your ass. And they're looking at me, and I'm like, let somebody fucking say something. They're like, no, he came out of my body. <laughs> they look at us, and I'm like, get over here. And it's like, mommy, I'm sorry. So, but I Don't get threatened by the child. Time. Don't be threatened by baby. All the time. Like, look at that babysitter. <laughs> let me find his mother. <laughs> it seems like he came out of my body. Like, look, y'all don't right. know what I went through to get him here. Like, hold on. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh my he's God. No, he's, he's sweet. And he's like on all, uh, I think I have more pictures 
on my face. He's right behind page. you. Like, like your, one of your pictures? Yep, one of my pictures. You? He's over there. Uh, and and he's in the middle. And for the longest, since all the pictures I posted would be the three of us, I tell you the story. My great aunt to always be like, oh, my, my son, my baby, my baby. And then she's like, oh, my baby, my baby, my aunt. Call me. Um, are you, is that your baby? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my baby. Poor woman thought that we were lesbians and I just, <laughs> <laughs> now she know I'm married, so she like, um, how does Christian feel? <laughs> like she, I was like, you know, I'm an Aquarian, so I'm a little slow sometimes. I was like, what? No, 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 no. Poor Mary. Poor Mary. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest shit. I was like, okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just casting her away, like you know, you're you're the nanny, you're the well, you're the mistress, the I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then I met her in person, so now I'm married to Tamika's uncle. Um, so I met her in person last two years ago. I keep forgetting COVID took away a year from us. So I met her two years ago, and she's like, "So this is the baby I'd be seeing on Facebook." And I, I'm like, "Yes, my my child." Not Alice. Hi, child. Oh, yeah. she, she was like, I was all confused. I mean, I know, you know, now was a different time and women be having babies with women. And I was like, oh, God, Auntie. No, like, no, not like that. <laughs> That's not like that. <laughs> oh, God. Women, they come up with a story. What? And, you know, she's one of those. I will say that my great aunt has gotten better in her old age when she was young whoo i mean now you never know what's gonna come out of her mouth but then she was quick with it now she's just like okay because i didn't want to be like um you know are you a lesbian i didn't want to say that word and i'm like oh god no auntie i'm not a lesbian <laughs> She's funny though. She, she is funny as hell. She is very funny. I love she her. She is funny. So, Ravisha, tell me a little bit about your ministry. Um, so, Free Your Heart Ministry, um, it was birthed during the process of, like I said, coming to church um, and finding myself in Christ and realizing again, He loved me despite of my mess because I was a baby. I was in Janessa. <laughs> I was just messing the streets to the point when that book, I was trying to write that book. I was like, Lord, I don't know if I really want to say that, but hey, whatever. <laughs> um, so for your heart ministry, um, it was birthed in that time. It was actually, I had asked, um, I was praying and I asked God. And when I moved, um, I actually lost my baby. When I told you guys about losing my baby, I moved, was moving out of my place. Like literally got out of the hospital and moved out of my place. So God had blessed me with something greater. And so mm -hmm. what I started doing this was doing ministry in my garage where I was inviting total strangers, y'all, to my home. And I was doing ministry in my garage, um, giving women the opportunity to tell their stories about things they've experienced, like their deepest, darkest secrets, and just encouraging them and uplifting them. And so I done it, you know, I had done that event whew, numerous of times. And it was literally, I mean, <laughs> we found, we had women 
in the garage, start speaking in tongues and all kinds of stuff. I was like, Lord, I'm gonna put out my apartment building. It's like they go put me out because I'm over here and they like what these people got going on. But however, um, since I had started doing that, the uh, Free Your Heart Ministry was birthed, and my mission has been to go um, and speak to the lost and encourage them and let them know that they too um, are a children of God, that God mm. is concerned about them too. Um, because I can only imagine that I'm not the only person that felt like God don't want to do, had nothing to do with them. And so mm. I knew that once I came to Christ, that I was the mouthpiece. I was the, um, the connection between the world and the church. And so I'm using Free Your Heart Ministry to go all across the world to encourage people and uplift them and let them know that Jesus Christ died for them too, despite of um, what they've been through. And through um, Free Your Heart Ministry, I have done a women workshop called, uh, it's called the, it originally started off as the Break Free Women Workshop. It is now called the Break Free Healing Experience because I now not only minister and encourage women, but I've opened the platform up for males to come in. And we also talk about um, mental health awareness, um, where we bring, mm. where I bring in therapists, also people that have struggled um, with um, anxiety, with bipolar, um, all those being schizophrenic, all those different things. I've allowed them to come in and tell their stories about how they've experienced these things with their mental health and loving God. Because some people feel like, with Christ, you can't experience this, or you can't be depressed and know God, and that's a lie, because mm -hmm. I knew God, I was in God, I was called by God, and, and when my father died, I was uh, temporarily, in, 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 I was in temporary insanity for about three days, where I was speaking mm -hmm. as I was a five-year-old little girl. I didn't talk like my grown self. I was talking like a child. And my mom hit me because she didn't want my family members to see it. But I was in I was in church. I was an evangelist. But I lost my mind for three days because I was traumatized. And so because I had that experience again, everything about me is I feel like God allowed me to first experience it to go out and help other people. So mm -hmm. me learning how to manage and get through it, I've, I've learned now I want to help and teach other people. And so I knew that um, mental health, our mental health is a very, very important. Um, and with me experiencing all the trauma um, that I had experienced, it had compromised my mental health. And, you know, this this thing about uh, with men, uh, we talk about the angry man, but the angry man was created. He was not born. He was created. Somebody told the little boy not to cry. If you cry, you a punk, or you ain't supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. And they were supposed to, um, it's a lot of stuff, man. You, you, you don't cry. You don't do this. You don't do suck it up. And so the angry man was created. So I wanted to help them too, because we, you know, we always talk about um, being in a relationship and we down talk to men, but they got issues. They just don't talk about their issues. And so I, you know, I opened that platform for men to come in and tell their stories about from their perspective about how they have been challenged in their mental health and how they've been challenged um, in society, most definitely as being a black man, how um, they've been challenged. Um, and so those are um, some of the things that I've done um, under the umbrella of Free Your Heart Ministry. Again, just wanting to help the world and allowing Christ to be the foundation of that. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And you're right. Men, whew, men got their issues. Men have their demons. And I do think the worst thing that we have, one of the worst things that we've done to men is to have them think that 
tears equal weakness instead of tears equaling strength. Because when you don't cry, when you suck it up, it doesn't go away. It's just, it just get pushed down. And then you're right. Then we create this angry environment with our men and, you know, we wonder why. So I definitely applaud what you do. And not only do you do that, but you have your own, your, your own coaching business to transform your life coaching. So is that one-on-one coaching or group, or do you have different programs? Um, I have it where it's group or it's one-on-one. I just recently launched in March the Free Her Mentorship Program. So it's it's something very similar, but for the Free Her, it's, um, it's a group of women um, where we meet uh, twice a month. Um, and that's just another um, healing component of my um, business. But for the coaching, yes, I do uh, one-on-one coaching or I, if I do have it open where uh, I come out and I can speak to a group of people um, in regards to certain topics and things like that. Um, it's a few things that I do under the Transform Your Life, but the key component of it is is the um, is the coaching. I love it. I yeah. love it because uh, we need your services here. We got a whole lot of people that need healing. Yeah, California to New Jersey, so we definitely. <laughs> down for it so I definitely appreciate and love like everything you do and I I feel your passion and I just wish you nothing but much more success and happiness and I'm telling you man I gotta meet Ricky me and Ricky we gonna have to you know Ricky he gonna have to like let me know what's the latest rap song going on so I could be cool. <laughs> and he, he know it. He knows. He, he gets on to music very fast. So he will go in church. He will shut down a praise and worship. And he will come home with that rap. I, I He's like, look, I know both. I'm just saying, God, God is all angles. My, I'm just trying to just know. <laughs> he, he know it. He knows. <laughs> I love it. So guys, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It was an honor to meet you. It's an honor to be, to be able to help our audience know you. And guys, if you need, if what she says resonates with you, and I know it does because there's somebody out there that's watching or listening right now that's thinking, hi, I can't change. I'm too far gone. You know, God doesn't love me. Look at all the stuff that, you know, that I've done in my life. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm too far gone. I'm too old to change. I, I hear that a lot. Please know you're not too old. You can change if you do need help or if you just want to rock one of her fabulous uh, apparel lines she got. Yeah. Goes to brownishablackman.com. Yeah. <laughs> and out. That's right. Check out the apparel line. If if you need some coaching, if you need some healing, um, we will have her contact information. We will have her social media, everything. So there is no excuse for you not to give her a email, a call or something because God is talking to you right now. Don't ignore it. You know that little voice. You know that voice. Don't Don't ignore that voice. It's a feeling. It's just like, Oh, please oh. don't ignore it because that kicking oh, is. <laughs>
<laughs> don't delay it any longer. Oh, you don't no, delay. No. It. Don't. <laughs> so, Mary, do you have any parting words? No. No. <laughs> of course. No. She's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I got my healing. I, I'm good. I got Miss Brownisha. I got my healing. <laughs> I'm down if Mary don't want to ask me. Uh, you know she want to be quiet. I'm yeah. always like, I, I ha- I'm, I'm a woman of few words. Okay, yeah, I can dig that. She is a woman of few words. Trust yeah. me, if, if something if, like dirty, then you know. Oh, okay, I, 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 I rolled your page. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Ah, see, on that channel, I, I have to behave. I'm Woo. like, oh man. We got a woman and God in here. I got a God in here, rather she here or not. It don't matter. God around uh, you. Oh, girl, yeah. I do got kids. She got kids. You know, I be fornicating. She ain't <laughs> Listen, y- y'all was, I was referencing that because I had kids. I don't want nobody to tell me. I mean, because I had kids. The kids, like, don't get, don't, don't. Like, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted, y'all. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Oh, God. Shit, even y'all fornicators, God love you. Get your life right. I know. He loves you. Know? I know. He knows, he knows I'm bad. I, I wasn't talking. I, I said forty. I wasn't necessarily what? talking about you. <laughs> I was talking you posted that you got your husband you got your husband i know be bad see i'm I'm gonna go for my uncle see something in here and then he gonna be like ike and i call her tina and it ain't gonna be cute okay no trouble i don't want no trouble we don't want no trouble not not today i'm a good girl not on holy thursday we don't want any trouble oh my god that's right i forgot it holy thursday tomorrow's good friday Okay. Yeah. Okay. God, you already know. I ain't even gonna say it. So, guys, you thank guys. you, <laughs> thank you so you. much, and we love you. We love you. And until next time, woo, pray for Mary, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs> you guys, have a good evening. <laughs>